Welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast with me, Sari Taylor, trained psychotherapist, coach and teacher of how to live our very best lives. I'll be covering a wide range of topics with some special guests, but always pointing back to our mental health and innate well-being. Hi, it's Sari here, and I just wanted to pop on today to talk to you a little bit about sleep, or should I say lack of sleep. It's something that I've been asked about such a lot at the moment, and although I am definitely not a sleep expert, I am a human being, and I know what it's like to not sleep, and also um, I want to touch upon the psychological aspect of sleep today, because I think this is a huge part of what keeps a lot of people if not everything, that keeps a lot of people in a vicious cycle of lack of or no sleep. Now, there are loads of resources out there where you can, you know, find out more about sleep and how it works and things like that. So I'm just going to give a really brief overview here of sleep and how it works. And then, as I say, touch upon the psychological aspect. So we go through different stages of sleep throughout the night. The first stage we go through is the transitional stage. And this is where we're drifting off for five to 10 minutes, maybe longer, maybe shorter, where before we drift off into the next stage of our sleep. Now, this is, I don't know if anyone here can relate to this, but this is the time where you, you know, when you're just kind of drifting off and then suddenly you feel like you're falling off a building or something startles you and you jump out of your skin. This is your the stage where you're drifting off into sleep. Then when we've drifted off and we go into the next stage of sleep, and this is where we spend most of our time in this level of sleep throughout the evening. Um, And it's where our muscles will start to relax. Our heart rate will start to, to slow down. And then we'll go from that stage of sleep then into deep sleep, where this is where it's really difficult to wake up from this sleep. It's unlikely that a small uh, noise will wake you from this, this sleep. And and it could, it can only, may only last up to a few minutes, this level of sleep. Then we go into stage four, which is deep sleep, and it will be longer than stage three. This is where your blood pressure drops, your breathing slows, and it's really restorative for your body. Just out of interest, this is the area where you can start to have really vivid dreams or nightmares, and, and it's where our body's restoring itself. So if you think about it, hormones will be being released into the body. Um, it's our body's rebalancing itself. It's restoring itself and mending itself from the day. As I say, I'm not an expert in this area. Actually, one book that I want to mention on here where um, is actually by Dr. Anise Mukherjee, which is the complete guide to the menopause. But actually, even though it's around menopause, there's some fantastic lifestyle tips and, and helpful things in there. And she does a whole chapter on sleep with, with tips and um, things that you can consider if you're wanting to try and, I suppose, improve your sleep hygiene, really, and um, set up for a better night's sleep. So as I was saying, we will go through those stages of sleep And they are the non-REM sleep stages. Then once we go through that cycle, which by the way, we can go through this cycle many, many times throughout the night. We don't just go through it once. We will keep going through it. Then we get to the REM sleep. And this is at the end of all of those other four stages. And this is where actually your heart rate will start to increase. Your brain becomes more active. You might get more intense dreams. And and one of the things for me that was really interesting to know about this is I I used to have a lot of stories around sleep for myself and anxiety. So I would tell myself, when I'm anxious, I don't sleep too well. 
And then I would tell myself, if I don't sleep too well, then the next day I'm going to feel awful. And as soon as I'd wake up in the morning, I'd already be anticipating that I might not sleep again that night. And I'd get into this awful, vicious cycle. And one of the things that used to happen for me, and I know also happens for a lot of other people, is you can find yourself waking quite startled in the night and feel like, well, why is my heart pounding? Why do I feel like I'm in a panic when actually I was asleep? Well, it may be that you're in your, your REM sleep and so your heart rate is increased and your brain is active and you do have a lot going on in this cycle of sleep. So it's not necessarily to something to worry about or be scared of. It's just that you're in that stage of sleep where your body is not quite as relaxed and your heart rate isn't as slow and your blood pressure hasn't dropped, all of that sort of stuff. Now, as I say, you can find all of this stuff on you know, in loads of different places where you can get more information about sleep. But I want to talk a little bit now about the psychological aspects of sleep. It's like any part of our life, if we have a story about it, if we are anticipating that we're not going to sleep, and we kind of worry, don't we, about how long is this going to go on for? Well, actually, your body is going to fall asleep at some point. But if you understand that our our thoughts that we're having the stories that we're telling ourselves the things that we're anticipating and worrying about will mean that we will start to produce adrenaline we will start to flood our body with hormones and over a period of time you're producing a lot of adrenaline through worrying and anticipating what may or may not happen then you're going to also start producing stress hormone cortisol and the cortisol in your body will then kind of throw all the other hormones off balance and things like, you know, melatonin, which is, is the, is naturally produced by the body to put you into a state of quiet wakefulness. It's often called, um, it's the bit that promotes sleep for us at night. Now, if we're flooding our system with adrenaline, because we're already anticipating that we probably won't sleep and this is the third night in a row and how am I going to manage? You are blocking really that melatonin. You are blocking, um, you know, everything that's going to promote your mind to settle. And I think, again, you know, one of the things that helped me understanding a little bit more about cycles of sleep was this idea that actually, if if sometimes that really deep sleep and that restoration sleep might only be 10, 15 minutes, you know, could be quite a, a bit longer, but it's not, it's not all night. It's not the seven or eight hours or nine hours that we anticipate we need and want that where our body is doing all the restoring and all the rest in actual fact you could lie awake in bed resting and your body still get the the calm and the rest that it needs but you're not going to get that rest whilst your mind is working overtime in this vicious vicious cycle of frustration of why is it not happening for me why am I not going to sleep and the chances are that you are you are not going into sleep because you are overstimulating your body through worry, through concern, through the stories that you tell yourself, through anticipating how this is going to have a knock-on effect the next day and the next day. And that is producing adrenaline and stress hormone in the body. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I have been in the position where I've laid awake at night and it's four in the morning and I've got something the next day and I'm then anticipating I'm going to be anxious all day and how am I going to manage and how am I going to cope but once you start to realize that no amount of questioning frustration wondering is going to help you get to sleep and that in actual fact there are still benefits to you be laying being lay still in bed with a quieter mind and eventually you are going to fall to sleep 
And actually, when you do fall asleep, even though it might not be as long as you would like, reassuring yourself that actually even small amounts of time asleep in a deep sleep, for example, or in restorative sleep is really beneficial to your your body. You know, you'll see people out there that you think, oh, they don't need as much sleep as I do. Maybe they've just really got it down to a T that they they go through those stages and, and, uh, you know, they go through those stages, they get the restorative sleep that they need and then they they bounce back and they're ready for the day. You know, some of us may not go through them as naturally or as as easily as that um, because our sleep is disturbed or we're concerned about, um, you know, what's what's currently on our mind, whatever that might be about. So what I wanted to say really with this is if you are struggling to sleep, I can guarantee that you are blocking the melatonin naturally produced by your body, that you are overstimulating yourself, producing adrenaline. Now, adrenaline is there, it's part of survival, it's part of fight or flight. And we flood it in our system when we're ready to fight or flight. And you're doing that by worrying even about your sleep is then going to stop you from sleeping because your body and your mind is kind of getting ready for action because you're telling it there's some sort of danger that there's something that is stopping you from living the life that you need and that you want and I think until we really realize and accept that we can't control that by thinking about it and by doing lots of things again we can get so fixated on right what do I need to do and I'll have a bath and then I'll do this and then I'll do that and actually some of those things can help promote sleep. Like we know they do. We know sometimes that having a nice relaxing bath can then help us relax and settle. But ultimately, we can also override any of that through our thinking. So you could try every single trick in the book to promote healthy sleep. But if you're still going to be in your head, buying into and believing the story that this is really bad for me, I'm never going to get to sleep. This is the third day in a row. How is this ever going to stop? That is going whether we like it or not, to produce adrenaline in our system. And that is only ever going to work against us in terms of our sleep. And I know for me, when I was really anxious and did really struggle with sleep, in the end, what worked is was me giving into the fact that, you know what, I might need to spend the next week as a walking zombie because my sleep pattern is all over the place. But me trying to control it by even more anxious thinking was just making the cycle last for longer. And as, as daft as it sounds, it was almost giving in to the idea that, okay, I'll go and get in bed and I'll go and lie there, but I, I don't know when I'll fall asleep. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to be okay with the fact that if I lie there and I lie there awake, I know at some point I am going to drift off. And it sounds, you know, if you're someone that isn't sleeping that well at the moment, it all sounds like, oh yeah, it's easier said than done because I've got to do this and I've got to do that. But ultimately trying to try too hard and and control it is going to mean that you're going to produce more stress hormone. And that is absolutely 1 million percent not going to help you sleep. So just be mindful of the stories you've got around sleep. You know, this is what happens to me. This is what I do. I try everything and it still doesn't work. All of that is anxious thinking. And that's what's keeping people awake at night. So it's about accepting, recognizing, and remembering, do you know what your body is made to do these things by itself. Like we are a phenomenal, we're phenomenal creatures and our body, I mean, look at that. We just mentioned at the beginning, four stages of sleep that we go through and then we have our REM sleep and all of that, like that is all done without us having to do 
anything. We don't have to understand it for it to happen. It still happens. We don't have to interfere with it. But it's the interfering with it that, you know, I want more sleep. I need more sleep. Um, I, I've tried this and it doesn't work. It's, that is all interfering with the body's natural state. And we can get into a situation where we're trying too hard to sleep. So we're not going to sleep. And it's about letting back that trust into your body and into nature to go, do you know what? This is all taken care of. My body is going to go to sleep eventually. The less I interfere with it, the easier it's going to be. And I know that in, sometimes it feels so counterproductive to just surrender and give in to what is because we think there's a problem. And therefore, you know, we, we're built in such a way that we go, oh, there's a problem. It needs fixing. But the only difficulty with fixing problems is that it takes a lot of thinking, a lot of worrying, a lot of predicting the future, a lot of trying to be in control. And we're trying to do that all to a system that already works really well if we leave it to do its thing. And we, you know, when we lay at night, you know, in bed, wide awake, that is not the time that we're going to then suddenly fix that problem. It needs to, it needs to become more of a, an ongoing realisation of how busy your mind is throughout the day, throughout the weeks, throughout the months. And making a commitment to yourself in a way of, of, of understanding that and also being able to, to understand more how you can get a quieter mind and how you can let that settle over a period of time rather than just fixating on it 10 minutes before you go to sleep and doing all the things that you think is going to help you and all that is doing is creating more stress, more anxiety, more overwhelm and that is not conducive to a good night's sleep. So it's not necessarily insomnia, for example, is not a problem that's going to be fixed overnight. What it is, is something that when you start to realise and you recognise how busy your mind is, you recognise how hard you're trying to interfere with a system that works very well when just left alone to its own devices, then you will start to be able to see that your body will go to sleep that you will relax and you will get there. So if you are someone that's struggling with sleep at the moment, I want you to know this is not permanent. And just consider how much you're interfering with nature's way and nature's system, how much you're interfering with what needs to happen and how it needs to work, and how much of that is promoting even more anxious thinking in your mind that is blocking nature's way of getting you to have a good night's sleep. So I'm going to leave that there and I will hopefully catch up with you all very soon. Thank you for listening.